0: Hey there, all you groovy souls and seekers of solace. It's your band leader, Horace Morris, here to guide you into this magical day. In the heart of the Merkle Treehouse, we embrace the unique spirit within each of us. Let go of the day's pressures, my friends. Allow those stresses to dissipate into the vast cosmic expanse. Today, we're all about relaxation, unwinding, and entertaining your beautiful spirit. So, Take a seat, let the music soothe your soul, and let us transport you away from the hustle and bustle of the world. Your uniqueness is cherished and embraced in this sanctuary of soundness. Now, it's time to pass the torch to the luminary, the guardian of soundness, that groovy chick who keeps the vibe alive, the incredible, the phenomenal. Ms. Audrey Merkel.
1: Thank you, Horace. And greetings, ladies and gentlemen, from the Merkel Treehouse. As we step into November 2023, we're grateful for your company. We've got Chapter 8 of Pinto Pete's block-size war lined up for you, but before we dive into that, Sarah Nichols has the latest on the Sam Bankman-Fried trial. Over to you, Sarah. Well,
2: well, well. It looks like that naughty, naughty Sam Bankman-Fried has taken the stand in his own defense against seven criminal counts related to the collapse of FTX and Alameda Research. And then, of course, he wasted no time throwing shade at everyone who ever crossed his path. I mean, I've seen some bold moves in my time, but Sam here takes the cake. When asked about his financial problems, he blamed everything on his lack of a dedicated risk management team. And when asked about Caroline Ellison, he said she was not qualified for the job and had made a number of mistakes. Well, Sam, if you want to be a successful CEO, maybe you should start by hiring someone who actually knows what they're doing. I mean, come on, have you ever even heard of a business plan? And as for his lack of a dedicated risk management team, I mean, come on, Sam, you founded one of the biggest cryptocurrency exchanges in the world. Surely you could have hired someone with some experience in managing risks, or at least learned how to do it yourself. But hey, let's give Mr. Bankman Fried some credit where credit is due. He may not be the best CEO or risk manager, but he certainly knows how to avoid blame. When asked about his mistakes, He said that they were small and larger ones. I mean, come on, Sam. You're facing seven criminal counts here, and you expect us to believe that your biggest mistake was not hiring a dedicated risk management team? Anyway, that naughty, naughty Sam went on to claim that he didn't know anything about the illegal activities going on at Alameda Research and FTX. He even said that he had no idea his top lieutenants were involved in any of this stuff. Wow. Talk about a blind spot. So what does all this mean for the trial? Well, we've got some exciting news. Closing arguments are headed our way today. But one thing is clear. Mr. Bankman Bankman-Fried has definitely proven himself to be quite the character in the courtroom. And if nothing else, he's certainly given us all something to talk about. But you know what? I'm not surprised. Sam has always been a bit of a sleaze, if you ask me. He's always trying to get ahead at any cost, even if it means stepping on people along the way. And let's be real. With his shady business practices and questionable personal hygiene, he's definitely someone I wouldn't want to share an elevator with. And have you heard about Sam's Adderall habit? Apparently he can't get through the day without it. But hey, who am I to judge? After all, I've been known to indulge in a little something myself from time to time. Just don't tell my boss. This is your girl, Sarah, signing off. Stay delicious, my lovelies.
1: Great job with the report, Sarah. I've got my doubts about SBF's odds, but I've seen some wild things in the past few years. I'll definitely be keeping an eye on this. And now, without further ado, Chapter 8 of Pinto Pete's Block Size War
0: Chapter 8. Bitcoin Unlimited In the late summer of 2016, after Bitcoin Classic's unsuccessful traction, the large blockers rallied around a new proposal called Bitcoin Unlimited, aiming for a hard fork block size increase. This initiative seemed straightforward. It aimed to eliminate the block size limit allowing for essentially unlimited block sizes however the pivotal concept behind bitcoin unlimited was to enable miners and users to set parameters within their clients resulting in a dynamic block size limit a closer examination revealed its high complexity and also fundamental technical flaws this move marked another strategic misstep for the large blockers While the small-block advocates rejoiced at this development, they quietly capitalized on this weak proposal, allowing the large blockers to remain associated with Bitcoin Unlimited. Beyond just a software client, Bitcoin Unlimited also structured itself as a formal organization, complete with membership, bylaws, and elected leadership.
3: The Scala n 3 conference rode into Milan, marking a crucial turn in the tale of Bitcoin. The small blockers, having secured their position due to the Ethereum chain-split debacle, sought to shift the conversation. They aimed to leave behind the fruitless debates and focus more on advancements such as Schnorr signatures and Taproot. While this was brewing over in the larger block camp there was quite a stir. Jihan Wu, one of Bitmain's co-founders, was gearing up to make a hefty mark on the bigger block side. Feeling dissatisfied that the small blockers hadn't been willing to tangle with the idea of a hard fork block size increase, Jihan Wu stepped in as a prominent figure. Now, old Jihan Wu didn't stick to his earlier word given at the California meeting in July. He put it out there that he wasn't planning to show his support for Segwit breaking a promise he had made.
0: On November 1st, 2016, Bitcoin Core... 0.13.1 was released after multiple delays, marking a significant moment as it contained activation parameters for the SegWit soft fork. Miners could now upgrade and signal their readiness for the protocol upgrade. However, uncertainty loomed large due to Jihan Wu's announcements. Jihan Wu and Bitmain held substantial sway within the industry. Bitmain's dominance in mining equipment production operating mining farms, and controlling 75% of the market share made them a key player. Mining farm operators seeking timely equipment purchases were inclined to align with Jihan's stance in the block-size war to secure his favor, which potentially meant supporting Bitcoin Unlimited and using Bitmain's mining pools.
2: I'm happy to see Bitcoin Unlimited gaining popularity and hope their decentralized market-based approach gets adopted. Gavin Andreessen, Twitter post, November 20th, 2016.
0: The implementation of Bitcoin Unlimited's dynamic block size brought complexities and technical flaws. Alongside adjusting the block size, they introduced changes unrelated to the block size limit. Among these alterations was a new block propagation technology called Xthin. Additional concepts were also in development, like parallel block validation and flexible transactions. It seemed that many of these features and proposals were driven not solely by technical necessities, but by cultural factors, personal motivations, and a desire to participate in Bitcoin. The large blockers, growing resentful of the small blockers' perceived control over Bitcoin, wanted an active role in the Bitcoin space. This ambition led Bitcoin Unlimited to extend its focus beyond the block size issue, eventually contributing to its demise. Post-conflict, some in the Bitcoin Unlimited community acknowledge these miscalculations. Back when Bitcoin Unlimited had the most momentum of any big block group, there were several of us who thought that it should focus on just a simple block size increase on top of core first, instead of trying to get the entire community to adopt a complicated block size algorithm. The critical issue was increasing block size and forking away from core with as few distractions as possible. Unlimited's insistence on adding a bunch of complex code instead of focusing on simplicity backfired, as the code had several bugs causing nodes to crash this gave the overall bitcoin community the impression that bitcoin unlimited devs couldn't really be trusted to write solid code or to appropriately scale their ambitions to their coding and testing skill forum post april 3, 2018. despite its potential security vulnerabilities bitcoin unlimited garnered extensive support from prominent figures across the large blocker community brian armstrong of coinbase gavin andresen jihan wu and Roger Ver threw their weight behind Bitcoin Unlimited, without delving into the intricate technical aspects. Their primary focus was on advocating for larger blocks. Bitcoin Unlimited's influence extended to mining pools and increased node adoption. By early 2017, approximately 15 to 20 percent of the Bitcoin hash rate expressed support for Bitcoin Unlimited. Bitmain, through its operated pools, such as Antpool, began signaling for Bitcoin Unlimited in March 2017. This surged the minor support for Bitcoin unlimited to the range of 45 to 55%, a level sustained through much of 2017.
1: My node rejected this invalid Bitcoin Unlimited block not once, not twice, but three times. Jameson Lopp, Twitter Post, January 29, 2017
3: Come the end of January in 2017, something peculiar happened. A minor run in Bitcoin Unlimited ended up producing a block that tipped the scales over one megabyte. Now it might have seemed like the first block to cross that mark with enough proof of work. But the thing was, no one seemed to be steering this ship. No coordination in sight, no sir. Now reckon that this here was probably some sort of error or a slip-up. What happened next was a real dust-up. Nodes all over the Bitcoin network refused to accept this larger block. Smaller blockers took this as an example of why any hard fork needed a thumbs-up from the users before it could roll out. On the other side of the fence, the large blockers, like Roger Veer, tried to downplay the whole ordeal. They claimed this block was no big deal, just another stale block without admitting that this one wasn't just stale, it was plumb-invalid.
0: In March 2017, a critical event unfolded, dealing a severe blow to the reputation of Bitcoin Unlimited. The count of accessible Bitcoin Unlimited nodes abruptly plummeted.
3: According
2: to NodeCounter, things were fine at about 6pm Greenwich Mean Time, when there were 776 nodes. That rapidly dropped, with 696 nodes at 7pm. It bottomed out at 11pm, with 182 nodes. At 9 a.m. the following day, things were mostly back to normal, with 626 nodes. I don't think it's very accurate to say that Bitcoin Unlimited reacted abnormally quickly, or that 100% of nodes came back. Nick O'Dell Stack
3: Exchange, Post March 15, 2017 Well, here's the story, folks. A right crucial denial-of-service bug snuck into the X-thin part of the Bitcoin Unlimited code, which wasn't directly linked to the block size limit. This bug it got exploited, causing most of those Bitcoin Unlimited nodes to crash faster than an infant on cough syrup. Now these smaller blockers, they spotted this problem and made sure everyone took notice, raising a ruckus in the media. This whole node crash made the folks in the larger block community take a closer look at Bitcoin Unlimited. They used to reckon it was just another larger block client, but now... Well, they were asking themselves some mighty important questions, like what's this outfit all about, why do they have a president, and why in tarnation are they tinkering with parts of the code that ain't even linked to the block size? Are there any more bugs hidden up their sleeve? That's the kind of things that had folks really scratching their heads.
0: In March 2017, the aftermath of the Bitcoin Unlimited incident left a lasting stain on the large blockers' reputation. Although the initial error was not particularly dire, small blockers adeptly exploited the bug, highlighting further vulnerabilities within Bitcoin Unlimited. This episode marked one of the most regrettable chapters for the large blockers in the war, driven by ego, frustration, and a flawed decision to support an ill-conceived client. Yet, following the abandonment of Bitcoin Unlimited, there was a distinct lack of accountability or introspection from the larger blockers, their push for a client fraught with potential weaknesses remained unexamined. The growing tensions escalated further by March 2017, with concerns mounting that larger blockers might transition to Bitcoin Unlimited and threaten the smaller blockchain by mining empty blocks, potentially leading to the demise of the smaller blockchain.
2: Gavin Andreessen and Jihan Wu have favorably discussed the possibility that a majority hash rate chain will attack the minority, by way of selfish mining and empty block denial of service. This is a disgrace and stands against everything Bitcoin represents. Bitcoin is voluntary money, people use it because they choose to, not because they are coerced. They are basically saying that if some of us want to use a currency specified by the current Bitcoin core protocol, it is okay to launch an attack to coax us into using their money instead. Well no, it's not okay, it is shameful, and morally bankrupt. Many Rosenfeld Reddit Post, March 24th, 2017.
3: Well, now here's where things took a real turn, folks. The larger block camp had been singing a different tune earlier. They were adamant saying there wouldn't be no split, no smaller blockchain. But then they started talking about attacking just such a chain. There was talk in the wind that Jihan Wu and the larger block crew were rustling up a good $100 million to go after the smaller blockchain. Their plan? They reckoned they'd throw that money into energy and start mining empty blocks on that smaller blockchain. They aimed to leave any blocks with real transactions high and dry, orphaning them off the chain. Their bet was it would stamp out that smaller blockchain for good.
0: As the conflict entered its 18th month, tensions soared. With most mining pools resisting flagging support for Segwit, achieving the necessary 95% seemed an insurmountable task. For the large blockers, the activation of Segwit equated to a major setback, their last key stronghold of control. The refusal to activate Segwit was a critical leverage they sought to retain, and they staunchly held on to it. The prolonged waiting game caused immense frustration for the large blockers, while the smaller blockers, known for their patience and long-term perspective, remained undeterred. The prolonged wait for any significant change was particularly agonizing for the large blockers, likely driving their threats to attack the smaller blockchain. Despite the setbacks experienced by the Bitcoin Unlimited faction, the future for the smaller blockers remained filled with challenges.
1: Be sure to come back next Wednesday for Chapter 9 of Pinto Pete's Block Size War. You won't want to miss it. That's all we have time for today, folks. Join us every Sunday and Wednesday for the absolute best in Bitcoin Mindshare. In the meantime, keep your money hard, your heart soft, and have a little fun sometimes. Send us all home, fellas!
0: Greetings, this is Satoshi the Robot Assistant interface with all your nodes and friends to spread the word about the merkle treehouse thanks for listening